You're listening to a Pave Media show. Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. So, John, if you could compete in any type of race, what race would you pick? Well, I think it's pretty obvious, isn't it? RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, God. <laughs> you, could have got, you could have done anything. The human race. The hum- I'm already competing in the human race. And you're not I doing well, I'm... actually. So, you probably RuPaul's is a good shout, actually, I think isn't I am it? crushing it, thank you very much. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Really? Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Vroom vroom. Oh god. <laughs> How long did you have that planned? Actually it just came to me right now. Okay. I'm, that, I'm that quick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Settling guys, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Yes, so this is the second part of our, our season of films based off games and we're doing the 2014, I believe, film Need for Speed. Yeah, I'm already starting to have reservations about this theme. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea on paper. <laughs> um, well, I think that there's a lot to unpack in this film. Oh, <laughs> I don't disagree at all. I really enjoy this film. Okay. This is actually the third time I've seen it now. Now that is something that we need to talk about. Is it? Like, three times, really? Yeah. Why? Because I've really enjoyed it. Okay. It's a big favourite of my parents as well. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> spotting a pattern here like, mm-hmm. with these parental favourites. We've got our Bates, we've got our Dom Hemingways, we've got our Needs for Speeds. Mm-hmm. Needs for Speeds. I'll be honest, I feel like it is a form of child abuse. <laughs> I mean, I introduced them to this one. Oh, okay, fair enough. That helps. Okay, so it's elder abuse then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or revenge, possibly. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, like they liked Breaking Bad, and this is just the obvious... You know, Stepping Stone onwards. Well, I guess in the sense that it features one of the same actors who is so overqualified for this film. <laughs> well, he's not the only one mm, we'll in, the, in this film who can do a lot better than a film like this. Yeah, I would agree. But I, I would say I came out of this one thinking, God, Aaron Paul's a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I also came out of this film thinking, does Rami Malek really deserve an Oscar? Because now I'm not so sure. He's demonstrated he's got range. Yeah, no, no, yeah. This kind of took away from any good feeling I had about Rami Malek. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll start with a positive. Mm. I did find this film to be more watchable than Battleship. Way more watchable. They're actually trying in this film. Well, yeah, it feels like in this film at least stuff is happening. There is actually a plot line that yeah. ha- has an element of sense to it. Well, I mean, let's not go nuts. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a plot line in which it's not just like a 10-minute in- comedy intro and then two hours of sheer boredom. Like, mm-hmm. There's actually, yeah, A follows B follows C. And yeah. it's like, okay, I can follow what this is building to and it doesn't really veer away from that too much. So mm-hmm. I'll give it that. It's felt like a movie. Yeah. Whereas Battleship really did just feel like a collection of explosions. Yes. Bad decisions. Mm-hmm. But tell me some more about the things that you... Aside from the fact that it makes your parents happy for some unaccountable <laughs> reason, what is it about this film that you enjoy? Um, I like the cars. Like- I like the racing. <laughs> well, I- <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're the two things you came to this film looking for, I can see why you were not yeah. disappointed. Right? Uh, but you don't I like know- cars or racing in real life, and like in in in, not in outside of yeah. this film, you're not you don't <laughs> like know. cars and you don't watch racing. I don't get it. Like- yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
it's it's I don't know, it's just a bit of fun action. It's just it's not bad, it's not trying to be funny. <laughs> oh, oh, I disagree. There is some truly dreadful comic relief attempts in this film. Like some of the most cringy I have ever seen in a film. Where which bits? Every bit involving Kid Cootie, the helicopter thief. Oh, you yeah, that's funny though. No, disagree. <laughs> Strongly disagree. It was so many of his jokes were painful to me. Like not just I'm not getting this. The, this no, 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 no. You, you you reminded me that yes, yes, there were mm-hmm. there were definitely a few a few of his real like stand-up comic dying on stage <clears throat> levels of clunkiness. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you've ever been to a stand-up show and seen a comedian just die on stage and you feel that kind of second-hand embarrassment. Yeah. You're not in it. You know, mm-hmm. you're just in the audience. You're just watching. But you're, you're so embarrassed for them mm-hmm. that it's painful. That's how I felt in some of his attempts at humor in this film. You can have us work for Dino Brewster? Word? What are you thinking, Toby? You don't want to have anything to do with that piece of shit. And look, if this is about Anita... Trying to get her back or something? Do it another way, homie. Write a poem or some shit, okay? I'll help you out. Dear Anita, nothing is sweeter than Anita. I really Anita, Anita. <laughs> I just came up with that just now. Just now. The thing that I did like about him that really stood out for that character, and that's, I guess, what kind of took me away from all his bad humour, which, when you pointed out, mm-hmm. yet yeah, there. I did just enjoy the running joke that he's constantly in a bigger plane that he's stolen or something. And it's even more unexplainable each time. Yeah, oh, was that supposed to be funny? Yeah, I'm, it was supposed to... It was, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to just be like, hey, how did he get an Apache helicopter? He was talking mm-hmm. about this at start, but, like, no one knows how, and somehow he's done this. Yeah, I was just puzzled more than anything, because I was kind of confused by what universe this film exists in. <laughs> Because I was kind of like, is he, first of all, oh, does he own that plane? Is he like a mechanic who also owns a plane? And then I kind of was like, oh, he must be stealing all these planes. Mm -hmm. But then it didn't really read as funny. It just read as, oh, I guess he's stolen another helicopter. But fair enough. I can Mm -hmm. can understand how that is. I mean, it would, if he'd ended on like a blimp or something. Well, I think that they they had a Boeing seven four seven. Like it just got more and more. It needed to be more absurd for me. Well, I think that's that's what it could do for the sequel. Yeah, sure. But like. I think they, they, they took it as big as they as they could for this, mm-hmm. which was just like, yeah, we're going to go... It still needs to be a helicopter or something that can travel slowly, okay. unlike a Boeing 747, as mm-hmm. you're talking about, which I think can only travel fast. Yeah, okay, sure, yeah. They can't fly at the speed of a car, as far as I know. No, no, it, yeah, it wouldn't really be fit for purpose. No. <laughs> no, I, I kind of liked that. But yeah, I'd say of, of the characters who had anything to do, he was the weak link. Now, there are other characters who didn't have things to do, mm-hmm. who... Like, for example, the other guy who was just constantly chewing a cocktail stick. Oh, yeah. What was his whole deal? (laughs) No idea. What was the point of him? I I don't know. He was just there. Just to sort of bulk out the team a little bit so that Rami Malek had somebody to uh, be in the the 4x4 with. Basically, yeah. 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 That was pretty much it. I guess he was there as an extension of Rami Malek. What do you think of Rami Malek then in this? Oh, I have so many thoughts on Rami Malek. (laughs) So much to say about Rami Malek in this film. I found him distracting mm-hmm. hugely so in every scene he was in yeah I because he's Rami Malek and like because you know him so well now or because just the way that he was played in his character he just seemed so miscast <laughs> like he was in the wrong movie like, he was, wasn't he I don't know I just can't buy him as this like jockey type mm-hmm. was he, they're all like because this movie is so heterosexual to oh, its God, very yeah. core yeah and, I mean, Rami Malek, as far as I know, is, you know, just because he plays gay characters occasionally, it doesn't mean he, he's, I think he is straight in real life, or, mm-hmm. so, you know, certainly 
you know, I don't know. I don't know his life, but it's that doesn't matter. But he just wasn't reading as the character that. I think the thing is, he wasn't charming, mm-hmm. and if you're going to have a character mildly sexually assault a woman and commit, Wait, like, do, do you mean the woman in the lift? Or no, the, the woman he grabs and kisses just before that. Oh, yeah. when he strips, yes. yeah. So he yes. get in. He commits indecent exposure. Mm-hmm. He strips naked in, in the office, then walks through it, and then he gets into a lift and he grabs a woman and kisses her. He goes, mm-hmm. I always wanted to do that. And he's just walking away, you just get a shot of his bum, mm-hmm. which was not appealing to me. <laughs> and, it, and you just hear the woman go, Hey, call me! And I was like, Ugh, this movie is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, No, no, no. He just always comes across as weird and slightly creepy. And that's mm-hmm. fine if that's what the role demands but in mm-hmm. this it was just like oh I don't want this I don't like any of this nothing about this is entertaining me or mm-hmm. making me feel good about this film I will say he did give me my biggest laugh of the film mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was intentional I'll give it the benefit of the doubt and assume that this was an intentional bit of humour the bit at the car show early on when he's hitting on a woman who is a clear foot taller than him y- yes that, just the visual of that yeah. made me laugh I'll give it yeah. that thing. no I appreciate that too Where's the beast? What the hell? Where are your clothes, man? Did you miss this? No, I didn't miss Don't touch me, man. Stay away. We gotta go. Let's go. You missed me, didn't you? No. Good morning. All right, so why the hell are you naked? To make sure I'd never come back. I'm sure you could have done that another way. Let's be clear, though. You're not wearing my underwear. Okay, so we... Oh, what happens? It starts it start in the in the workshop. With Aaron Paul and people? The opening scene is weirdly mournful and sad. It starts with a... Well, it starts with a voiceover from Michael Keaton. Oh, uh, yeah. Accompanied by all these kind of sad childhood pictures of Aaron Paul and his dad, I think. Yes. And we learn that Aaron Paul's dad has died. Yeah. That doesn't matter. No, no, no it's weird. It never comes back. It's weird. There is a lot of backstory to this film. Yeah. That is important for the first, maybe, you know, half hour before the film gets started. Mm-hmm. You know, that, like... The film takes half an hour to get started. Yeah. Again, much like Battleship, two hours and ten minutes, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? This well, could have been cut. For me, this film didn't drag. It didn't drag as much, no. It, no, but, but it, it certainly had a, a lot that could be cut out and it could have been made a lot snappier. Indeed, yeah. For a film about being fast, it's quite slow. Yeah, indeed, yeah. This film needed Battleship speed. made sense because ships are slow. True, yeah. Well, I'm not defending Battleship's two hours <laughs> no, ten no, minutes. Not. Outside, but... <laughs> Yeah, so Aaron Paul is a, a guy called Toby Marshall who is running a workshop for cars, mm-hmm. um, and he's also a racer. And then at one point, Dominic Cooper comes in, who is Dino Brewster. Oh, wow, you've name. really memorized all these names. Oh, right? it comes into my plot. Okay, he comes in, and they, they've clearly got some some beef. Yeah, there's some beef. Can we talk briefly about Dominic Cooper's appearance in this film? What do you mean, just leather jacket and black turtleneck? He he's literally dressed like a video game buddy. Yeah. Like, it's like <laughs> he's wearing like this black turtleneck in like L.A. in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like, mm-hmm. And it gets brought up as well instantly. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I, I love yeah. that. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. I mean, it was, again, it was. I guess that was kind of referential, but it's like yeah, all he needed was a mustache. Right. Yeah. Before Dominic Cooper appears, we see like ten minutes of just racing. Like, there's a long race sequence at the beginning I don't think Dominic Cooper's involved in. Oh, yes! I, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's where we kind of get introduced to people a bit more. And you see that the Benny guy is flying up above and there's yeah. this illegal street race going on, which, I mean, I really enjoyed. For me, it's been a long time since I've seen a film in which I have actively disliked every character so quickly. Wow. 
Because I was watching that initial race scene, which takes place... It's not a race on a legal racetrack, but it's a race through a city. Yeah, it's an illegal street race. Illegal street race, and they're going at ridiculous miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, these are reckless, <laughs> selfish people <laughs> who are just going to cause so much pain and destruction. Spoiler alert, they do. Mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't relate to it. Mm-hmm. And there were many times in this movie when all this action would be happening and there'd be cars and there'd be explosions and things running off the road. I'd just be like, what is all this for? What what, what, what are the stakes here? Like, at least Battleship, the stakes was to save the world. This is all just macho nonsense and I hated them. Mm-hmm. So, kind of obviously because it's part of the season, this is based on a, a video game franchise. Yeah. yeah. Speed. I have not played, have you? Uh, yeah. Okay, is it a good game? Yeah, it's a good series of games. I played one of the quite earlier ones. But yeah, so these races are obviously the points where they most obviously recreate what the game is. Mm-hmm. And it's most of the films, to be fair. So the guy in the helicopter is, so you get the aerial view, I presume? Mm-hmm. Having not played the game? Yeah, I guess. And I'm guessing the game is similar where you are racing in like, quote unquote, real world places like cities, you know? Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, because there's a bit in this first race where he almost kills a homeless man and like mm-hmm. knocks over his trolley. And then they just kind of like laugh about it. Mm-hmm. They just go, hey, look at how you knocked over that homeless man's trolley. And then they just snort with laughter. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. No remorse. This poor man, already on hard times, mm-hmm. has now had all of his worldly possessions just, you know, strewn across the street. He's almost been killed. Mm-hmm. So these selfish assholes can race around the city and just basically measure their dicks with their speedometers. Yeah. I was just like, don't like it. I have no sympathy for anyone. And that did no, not right. change. God, I feel told off. I'm t- I, am, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I'm just saying. I just, that, that was my feeling. I, 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 I get it. I understand this is a silly action film. It's yeah. not supposed to be true to life. And yeah. I would imagine if you are a fan of these games, this film is probably quite entertaining because it's replicating very closely what those games are. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, I know I'm, I'm intentionally being taking it more seriously than it mm-hmm. should be taken. I'm just saying that for me, I can't really relate to the need for speed okay. element okay. because I don't have a personal need for speed. You Does that make sense? Are you doing a bit here? Or no, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to explain how this film felt for me because I don't... Okay, you don't like computer games, I get it. I like other computer <laughs> games. I, I like I like, like Zelda and Mario. And, you know, I just don't... It's not even that I don't like these kind of racing games. I like mm-hmm. Mario Kart, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like, all the bits later on when they're talking about how this car can go up to speeds of up to 280 miles an hour, whatever mm-hmm. ridiculous number they, yeah. they chose. And I just thought, what's the point? What's the point of going that fast? To win the races. But, but, but why? It's not a race. Like It's not like Formula One. Mm-hmm. Like These aren't racing cars. Mm-hmm. I understand that completely. You know, a, a legitimate lap-based game mm-hmm. in a safe space yeah. where there are no pedestrians mm-hmm. and no, you know, homeless people. Mm-hmm. Just in a field, they've built a racetrack. Mm-hmm. The cars are properly set up. They're built to race. Mm-hmm. They go around in circles. The fastest one wins. You know, it's not something that thrills me, but I get it. But... Just taking cars that are street cars, like Mustangs, mm-hmm. and whatever the other cars are, Ford Fiestas, God knows, and making yeah, them... Yeah, sure, Ford Fiestas, definitely. Making them, souping them up so they can hit they can hit speeds of up to 280 miles an hour. Yeah. Even on the Autobahn in Germany, like, the top speed is like 100 miles an hour shortly. Like, yeah. What's the point? What's the point? No, explain to me what the point is. To win the races. But they shouldn't be having these races. I know. These races are illegal and they are dangerous and they are stupid. And if you want to go that fast, why not just be a Formula One driver rather than racing in these big rust buckets? I mean, I don't have the answers, John. But, like, people like their hobbies. Some people, they like... But these hobbies put people in danger. 
Yeah, I know. John, I'm not sticking up for these people. Okay, okay. Okay, <laughs> okay it's a film. Okay, fine, fine. I'm, God damn it, I'm move on. Fine, I'll a piece. Let's move on. So, so they, do, they, they have the race. Dominic Cooper turns up in his I life. don't condone this, but I enjoy it. Okay, fine, fine. fine. You know, we all enjoy horror movies. Okay, someone's getting a little bit defensive right now. <laughs> You're getting very attacking of a film that I'm, that I'm enjoying. So, oh, you know, I feel like I need to. All right, fair enough. Okay. I will say in horror movies, you're not rooting for the bad guy. You're not? Well, you secretly are, but you're not yeah. expected to. Yeah. You know? This film like felt like everyone was the bad guy. That was my, that's my main thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this film felt like the bad guy to mm-hmm. me because I couldn't relate to the situation at all. Yeah. But anyway, so Dominic Cooper turns up in his turtleneck. Fucking hell. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, they have a bit of a kind of sort of an aggressive conversation at start and then Dominic Cooper is like, actually, I'm not here to insult you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got this car. And I need it finishing. Mm. It's this legendary car. And they're all like, oh, we've all heard of this car. Yes. And so they're all excited. And he's like, yeah, if you fix it up, I'll give you a quarter of what I make from it. Mm-hmm. And so next day he drops it off. They fix it up, which we don't see a single thing of. Like, I thought there was going to be a montage there, but they yeah. skipped right over that. There was a surprising lack of car porn. Yeah, re- <laughs> yeah there really was. Like, it was very There strange. was lots of racing porn, but no car porn. Because I was thinking, like, okay, I don't like this, but my brother's a mechanic. So I was thinking, I wonder if my brother would like this film. Mm. And I thought, no, I don't, th- I don't know if he would, because he's really into, like, the mechanics of... Ca- he likes racing, but he's mm. also really into, like, the mechanics of cars, because mm-hmm. that's what he does. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there, there was none of that. I would have thought that'd be something quite interesting. Like, how... I guess because it's nonsense, and you can't actually make a car go 280 miles an hour, mm. I hope. Mm. Maybe that's why they didn't really go into it, but, yeah. And this is when we get introduced to my personal most annoying character in the film. Oh, um, Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots, who Ugh. was just... Horrible. She, she was, was really, really bad. I not that not, not, not that she played it bad or anything, but just like she was, the, the character was just horrible. It was one of those characters you get in action films now where they've somewhat moved past having female characters just be eye candy, like just yeah. be bimbos. Now they have to have them where, which is almost as bad, where they just have them go, "Hey, I'm a girl, but I I know all this stuff too." Yeah. Just because I'm a girl, you don't think I'll, I'm going to know about cars? Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, why she was even put in there for that, because mm. um, she was absolutely put in there to just be like, "Hey, I'm I'm, I'm a woman, I'm capable," mm. but that's not really going to teach any of the any of the men that any of the men who are watching this film that because she starts off just by tricking the two main characters into thinking mm-hmm. that she's an idiot by being an idiot yeah by literally saying how fast does it go what makes it go fast mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then just turned around and as soon as she said she, that she, uh, yeah me too i, I knew she was well. going to be like quoting like oh it's a 1000 megawatt horsepower engine yeah. with 247 reserve like, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. i knew that that bit of dialogue was about to come and i was annoyed that like that aaron paul who seemed to know what was going on didn't say anything like that was a nasty trick you pulled there yeah he just like Oh, that's a surprise. A it's woman like, who knows about cars? Exactly. It just undermined every character, including herself. Mm, 100%, and, yeah. Oh, it was just horrible. And she got no better as the film went on. No, I didn't understand why this film needed her, because she wasn't doing anything, and she wasn't really even... Well, she was just there to so that Aaron Paul had someone to talk to in the car. Yeah. I, oh, that's true, yeah, I she guess that's the thing. She was cocktail stick McGee, who just had nothing to do. He was just there as an extension of another yeah. character. That's right, yeah. It was in the few scenes when this film actually had dialogue, she was there for it to bounce off. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. And a hint of romance at the end. A bit, yeah, but it's not really a kind of film that has that, like... No. Yeah. Sure. I'm glad they didn't lean too heavily into the romantic aspect of it. No, because who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, who they, cares? Yeah, yeah they, they, they could have lent into it more. They mm-hmm. could have lent into it less, and they should have done, but yeah. they didn't fully go into it. 5.8 litre aluminium block, SVT supercharger, and racing headers. 
Yeah, it's quite nice actually. I wasn't expecting that. Nor was I. Why? Because I'm a woman? Or because I'm from England? Mr. Shelby's first Cobra was built using an AC body made in England. It had a Ford 260 CID V8 engine. But of course you already knew that. Life can be full of surprises. Yeah, and so they managed to sell the car, thanks to Aaron Paul uh, taking his car up to over 270 or 280 or something, mm-hmm. with Imogen Poots watching so that she believes him, and then mm-hmm. she buys it for this, this random man, I guess, that she's his assistant or whatever. Yeah, she's somebody's buyer. Like, yeah. Because I was really confused... Well, we'll get to it anyway. I was confused by her whole role in the whole thing, just in, like, oh, yeah, why too. she was so invested in everything. But anyway, at this point, yeah, she represents somebody who's a millionaire mm-hmm. who's interested in buying the car. Mm-hmm. So she then goes to see if it can actually hit these speeds on his behalf, I guess, and she's yeah. got, like, the speed camera and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah so then that happens. We're all very happy about it. Dominic Cooper takes Aaron Paul and little Pete back to his house. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, for a celebration or something. I don't know if they have a drink or not. I didn't clock if there was any drunk driving in this, but I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't spot any no, which is funny because they were so irresponsible in every other way. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, like, the film was responsible enough to actually put up a message at the end in the credits <laughs> just being like, don't do this. Oh, I'm sure so, that was legally, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe there was a point where EA Games just like, no, we're not having them drink and drive. Yeah. Well, also, I don't That's think a step that, too far. that, I mean, this film was packed to the rafters with product placement, which I'm sure you'll get to at the end. <laughs> I don't think any beer company would want to be associated with drink driving. So mm. it's the kind of product placement that wouldn't actually fly. So that's yeah. probably why they didn't include it. Okay. Yeah, and so then uh, one thing leads to another and Dominic Cooper challenges Aaron Paul to a race mm-hmm. and uh, little Pete is like, oh, can I join in too? And conveniently Dominic Cooper's got three cars that are all identical, yep. that are all illegal cars for some reason. They're all illegal European spec cars. So yeah. they're, they're not supposed to be on the roads in America. Yeah. So Little Pete is what, I remember the guy that we mentioned, mm-hmm. he's like tw- a few years younger and he keeps saying like, oh, I had a vision. I had a vision of you winning the... De- yeah, what's the, the De Leon? The De Leon what, race, what, yeah. What's, he's just what, fucking psychic Sally all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. I, it's so strange. The moment he appeared, I was like, well, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. And then when he says, oh, can I race too? And Aaron Paul's like, you sit this out, Little Pete. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, I want to race, I want to race. And I was like, oh, you dared. Yeah. You dared, boy. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's coming, yeah. So yeah, then the three of them have this have this race in these identical cars, which it's actually not that exciting a race as the races in this film go. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most boring of the lot because nothing really happens until the end. Aaron Paul drives on the wrong side of a motorway for a bit. Mm-hmm. There are many pedestrian car crashes. Mm. Yeah, then eventually it concludes with... Uh, Dominic Cooper, who is about to lose the race, and by losing that race will lose his stake in the big sale that they just made. Yes. Uh, his entire stake. And so instead of losing the race, he manages to knock Pete off the road, mm-hmm. which destroys Pete's car, kills Pete, knocks him off a bridge. Um, Aaron Paul doesn't finish the race, uh, goes back for his friend. Dominic Cooper just drives off into the distance. Yeah. So little Pete dies in a flaming fireball of wreckage. Mm-hmm. Just like a horrible, horrible death. Yeah. And I just... I don't know. Again, I was just kind of... I was watching this part of the film. And I just kept thinking to myself... Maybe because Aaron Paul was acting it so much better than it deserved. <laughs> yeah. Like, if this was a very different film, that could be his Oscar clip. Like, he really went yeah. deep. Like, he was screaming and, like, crying. And it was really... Re- it got really real for a second. Mm-hmm. And I, just found my- I found myself watching it thinking... God, what a senseless, tragic death. Mm. Like, what a complete waste of a young life. So much potential. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I was, think, I was think, kind of thinking the same. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, uh, and again, this is why the rest of the movie I struggled with. But anyway, yes, so he, he dies this horrible, terrible death. Yeah, and so then Aaron Paul gets taken in by the police because this has happened and, you know, they're clearly in these racing cars that are also illegal in the country. And mm-hmm. the police seem to believe his story of just like, oh, they're from Dominic Cooper and there is a third one out there, but I've got no proof. Where are the speed cameras? Where yeah. are the cameras? That's one, that's one thing I thought about yeah. in this film. There are no traffic cameras no, anywhere. None whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> and no police unless it's convenient for the plot. Yeah, yeah So yeah. many times it's like, where are the police? Where are the police? Yeah. There is cars speeding down the wrong side of the road. Mm-hmm. Massive accidents happening and not a cop to be seen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Little Pete dies. And then we have a very sad little scene of Little Pete's funeral. Mm-hmm. And the decision made by Rami Malek to attend presumably a very close friend's funeral Mm -hmm. in an ill-fitting red sports jacket. (laughs) I just could not fathom for the (laughs) life of me. Well, the backstory, John, it's clearly that was little Pete's sports jacket that he gave to Rami Malek like days before his death for Rami Malek's birthday. Did they establish that in the film or are you just making that up? I'm making that up. Okay. but (laughs) It seems so disrespectful. Yeah, and the, and it really tied in with so when Aaron Paul gets out of prison and immediately jumps back up behind the wheel and mm-hmm. is like, so now I need to enter this other race, this DeLorean thing, the Daily Own, Daily Own. Sorry, yeah. I think it was DeLorean because cars and mm-hmm. Back to the Future. Immediately, and it's like, have you learned nothing? Did your friend's death not mean anything to you that you might like? What did two years in prison do to you? Well, like, he wants to prove his innocence, essentially by he, committing the same crime again. He wants to get Dominic Cooper into prison. I just felt like a better way to honour Little Pete's memory would be to set up some kind of awareness course to make sure these kind of races never happened again. But that'd be a short movie. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that wouldn't be any fun. I just got so, no sense uh, that prison had like altered him in any way. Mm-hmm. Did he have PTSD? I he... don't know. So yeah, then he gets out and uh, Joe's there to pick him up and they drive mm-hmm. off somewhere. And uh, what happens at this point? I'm forgetting at this point of the movie. So basically he... Borrows a car from the rich guy who bought the car two years ago. Mm-hmm. The guy who's employing Imogen Poots. Because then she shows up mm-hmm. with the car yeah. to drop it off for him. Yeah. And I think the leverage he gives is that... So this race, the Daily On, is a highly illegal secret street race that mm-hmm. takes place annually, I don't know, or whenever. Yeah. Uh, it is run by Michael Keaton, who mm-hmm. we haven't talked about yet, but I'm sure we will. Mm-hmm. Who's this like reclusive billionaire... Car Just running a YouTube channel. Running his like YouTube channel, and the prize is lots of cars. The prize is the cars in the race. Like it's it, the cars it, in the race, but oh, none of the cars survive the race. <laughs> yeah, I know it's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, the plan is for all the cars to survive, but just you know, one person wins, and then they take home all six cars. Okay, so yeah, he promises the millionaire that if he wins, he can have half the cars. So then, Imogen Poots turns up with the car. And it's like, okay, we need to be in California. We don't know where this race is because they've not been invited to participate, but they know mm-hmm. it's somewhere in California yeah. and it's taking place in 48 hours. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we need to drive cross-country. So are they in LA? I assume they were in like New York or something. Oh, is it New York? Point. I don't know. And it's like, we've got to cross the entire country in 45 hours. And like, it's doable. Oh, because LA's in California, isn't it? Yeah, Sorry, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not good with American geography. But yeah, they're on the other side. They have to go cross-country and they've got just under 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Because she's a numbers girl. Mm-hmm. So she knows the numbers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so she's like, well, I'm going to come too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 we can't have a girl in the car. She talks too much. They literally say that. This girl is weird. She talks too much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> normally I would disagree with the character of saying something like that. But my God, did I agree? Well, with I agree she talked too much. But <laughs> she was, Well, 
would it be much fun if it was just Aaron Paul in himself, mm-hmm. just by himself? Sure. Yeah, so then they need to go and pick up Rami Malek, which means that he needs to strip off in an office for whatever reason. There's very little explanation as to why they need Rami Malek. Like, they're saying, like, look at the way it turns corners or something, we need you to fix it. Yeah. As the viewers, we don't understand what's going on. We don't get a scene later on. Of well, he, what in the... fact, fixes yeah. it. No. <laughs> Just when no, does that happen no, in this, like, 48-hour, like, time window when there's no stopping? Right? Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, then the next day they're driving through the desert or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, by this point, they've already been accepted onto the Daily Own. Have um, they? Yeah, through just, like, texting. Oh, yeah, with, she with, calls, with, doesn't with, she? With, with the YouTube star. Is, um, his, so, other, is he other, just, like, constantly live-streaming Michael Keaton? Yeah, I think so, yeah. There's just a constant live-stream, and there's a conference call between him and Dominic Cooper and their car. But who's watching? Well, that's not interesting for us to watch. No, sure, but I, I just I was puzzled as to, like, was he a radio DJ, or is he just on YouTube? Because it seems like sometimes they're listening to him on the radio, other times he's got his, like, YouTube stream mm. happening. Because it feels like she's calling into, like, a radio show. Yeah. To give this kind of convoluted explanation for why Aaron Paul must be innocent because he was guilty, why would he be committing another crime? Mm-hmm. Only an innocent man would commit another crime to prove his innocence from the first crime. Mm-hmm. Is basically her logic. Yeah. And Michael Keaton's like, great, you're my favourite, you're in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There were three cars in the race the day that Pete died, that's a fact. And anyone that says that Toby is responsible for Pete's death, answer this. Why jump parole in New York knowing that you are going to be rearrested and do serious time unless you are innocent and hell-bent to right a wrong? He did the time. He paid the debts. Why would he risk it? Next time you talk to Dino, you can ask him that question. So, yeah, then uh, Dominic Cooper essentially puts a bounty out on Aaron Paul's head. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, then in the desert, there's this one group of people who... Uh, they're trying to get him off the road, and unfortunately, Imogen Poots is driving, so Aaron Paul's got to essentially tell her what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the car's getting all shot up and stuff, but nobody ever goes for the tyres. No. Ever. No, 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 it just doesn't happen. No. Yeah, they uh, get saved because luckily their friend Benny has turned up in the Patrick helicopter. Well, before that, Imogen Poots just kills a man, at least one. Maybe several, but at least one man. Oh, very the, clearly in, dies in the, in the Hummer. Yeah, that goes yeah. like spinning <laughs> off the road and like explodes in a fiery fireball. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they do that, and she just, like, laughs it off. She's like, oh, what, what a lark! What a delightful lark! Does um, it count as her killing that guy? Of course it does! She's directly responsible for his death. Well, he's the one who stayed out of the way, into the rock. Sure, but... He could he could have stayed the other way, into his friend, and they could have just driven off onto the, sort of, flat desert. She's still culpable. Do you think? Of course she's culpable! He was trying to ride her off the road. Still. She was just driving there. She just seemed... She just drove in a straight line. At ridiculous miles per hour to attend any legal race. She was just driving in a straight line. Uh, I, I just felt like maybe some... Respect- somebody else was driving there on the wrong side of the road, in her way. They swerved out of the way, got themselves killed. I just felt like there was no value for human life in this film. There was no moment she was like, oh, I just did that. No, just, de- no there definitely wasn't. I just killed a man. Like, <laughs> you're there was no, there was you're no, like, right. absolutely right, John. Okay. There was no reflection. She was just like, oh, what a lark. And then that's like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. That guy might have children. Who yeah. knows? We never find out. But yeah, they drive off a cliff and get picked up by a helicopter. Well, yeah. no, no. They, they drive to the edge of the cliff and the helicopter, like, cables them and then helicopters them over the cliff, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then drops them off on some salt planes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at this point, I didn't really understand why the helicopter didn't just take the most of the way. True, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I guess it's not the most comfortable position to be in. I suppose, yeah. Imogen Poots was doing a lot of screaming. Yeah, oh, God, it was really annoying. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, they they arrive in like San Francisco or something, and go meet meet Dominic Cooper at a party or whatever. I don't really understand what's going on. And then they go to drive away or something, but a lorry knocks them upside down. 
mm-hmm. and uh, they're out of the race. The car's totaled. The car, yeah, the car's the car's written off. Um, Imogen Poots goes to hospital. Imogen Poots goes to hospital for just unknown injuries. Yeah, basically because there's nothing left for her to do in the film. Yeah, yeah. Then Aaron Paul and his friends decide. Uh, oh no, we, we've missed a whole plot point where Dominic Cooper is dating Dakota Johnson. Yes, and she splits up with him for unknown reasons. Well, she finds some kind of evidence, but I wasn't quite clear on what it was. Well, she finds the car that Dominic Cooper killed Little Pete with, which is yes. supposed to be a car that doesn't which exist. Which is just, in because... classic The Boy Next Door style, is just like in a folder on his desktop two years later. Just like, evil scheme. Yeah, yeah pretty <laughs> yeah. much, yeah. Yeah, so then she goes to Aaron Paul and tells him Aaron Paul goes and gets the car mm-hmm. and turns up to the Daily Own in that car. Yeah, and again, Dakota Johnson had less than nothing to do in this film. Mm-hmm. But she is Little Pete's sister, and she is Aaron oh, Paul's she? ex. Oh, I, didn't, I did not get that her and Little Pete were siblings. Yeah, I yeah, know. He says at the beginning, oh, my sister. That's why she cares about the fact that Dominic Cooper killed her brother, mm-hmm. or was implicated. But again, I was just like, I was just willing one character, I thought she might be the one, mm-hmm. just one, to be like, at this point in the film, when her, her and Aaron Paul have this, like, slight, they have this reunion, and they have this, like, slightly emotional conversation mm-hmm. about Little Pete and stuff. And I just really was willing her to be like, my brother is dead. Mm-hmm. He's dead. He was 25, 23, and he's dead. And he's never coming back because of this macho bullshit. Just stop racing. Mm-hmm. I just was willing for her to be like a voice of reason. Instead, she's like, I'll get you a car. Yeah. She just facilitates more. And I was just like, nobody in this movie is a person. I know that Dino was there the night my brother died. Yeah, he was. I wish I could give you those years back. I need a... I need a car. So yeah, then they uh, they go to the Daily Own, which is finally the big race, and uh, they've been talking about the whole film. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton is so excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> How much time do you think Michael Keaton spent on set? Not very much. I'm thinking he shot his role... On a Tuesday. Yeah, I think that he knew what film this was, whereas Aaron yeah. Paul was like, hit my big break. Yeah, this was a total paycheck role for Michael Keane. Well, to fair, I say on set, all of his role is filmed on a swivel chair in front of a webcam. It's probably his own living room. It probably was actually his own living room, yeah. And he probably got paid like three million for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> all he's for is exposition. He's basically the narrator. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, pretty much. The narrator who's occasionally quite sexist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Daily Young goes pretty well. There's six cars involved, and they all... All of the characters have the most ridiculous video game names as well. They do, don't know. I imagine that they're all real things from the the later Need for Speed games. That's what I mean. They were clearly lifted directly from the game. Yeah. So it's like Dino and Toby are main characters, Mm -hmm. and then it's like the Gooch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't um, Michael Keaton have a fancy name as well? Just like the... Oh, like Macintosh or something? No, not Macintosh, but just look it up. It's, some, it, 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 it's something. Overwatch? Monarch, Monarch. Monarch, yeah. Yeah. It's just like a, a weird nickname thing. Sure. But yeah, so all the races in the Daily Own, they essentially get picked off one by one by the police mm-hmm. in the most ridiculous police tactics <laughs> and, and ineffective police tactics I've ever sure. seen, which are mostly just like... Hey, we're going to block the road, but one lane at a time on a two-lane road. See if they can get past... Oh, oh, they got past that. Okay, they, they, they've got steering wheels. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's the other one where instead of like laying spikes on the road, which is what police do for car chases every day, yes, all the time, it's a very standard thing. And that would be an action sequence worth watching. Would it? 
if they, they've got spikes on the thing, you know, how are they going to get over that? That's a genuine hurdle. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they wouldn't. They the wouldn't. Thing. Exactly, yes. Sure. Yeah, so instead of doing that, uh, one of the policemen just in the middle of a forest, which somehow can be seen by the police helicopter, mm-hmm. he hides his car behind a tree, puts a stick down on the on the accelerator pedal, and then just lifts the handbrake off at the right moment and just crashes into one of the cars. Yeah. Um, Many police officers die in this sequence. Well, at that point, nobody died, and I was like, oh, Look at that! He finally found a way that nobody died, and he managed to take out one of the one of the people. Whereas in every other instance of when somebody was knocked out of the race, so there's four other instances, mm-hmm. at least one police officer will be either dead or like in a wheelchair for their life. life. Yeah. yeah, as will the drivers. I don't think any <laughs> yeah. of those drivers survived. Right? <laughs> yeah. They all just got like total. They're very serious crashes. Yeah, yeah. Like there's one point where a, a police car accidentally drives up like onto the back of a lorry that's like towing a car or something like a breakdown lorry mm-hmm. both cars blow up in a massive ball of flames mm-hmm. right next to a school bus full of children oh god right <laughs> I... and it's the best time yeah all the kids are like wow this is amazing yeah. so there's that there's that yeah there's, there's certainly a lot of that and um well yeah the race goes on and I mean I'm still enjoying every minute of it really I'll <laughs> so be honest it seems like you were eating it yeah. up yeah <laughs> and uh Toby Marshall manages to find a way to kind of knock out Dino without doing a bad thing. Mm-hmm. They're driving alongside each other. Yeah. Dino goes to knock into Toby like he did into Little Pete earlier mm-hmm. in the film. But uh, Toby breaks just at the last minute. And Dino, instead of knocking into him, just drives hard left and um, falls off the road. Spins out, yes. Spins out. The car lands upside down. It's mm-hmm. on fire. Mm-hmm. Toby Marshall carries on for a little bit. And then he's like, oh, no, wait. He's going to die if I leave him. Goes back, pulls him out of the car just in time. And then the car explodes, yeah. Yeah, the car explodes, and then he punches him in the face. I mean, this guy could have, like, a broken neck. Says a few words. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, He probably does. Yeah. Uh, Well, a punch in the face wouldn't kill him, and that would just set him in a wheelchair the rest of his life. Well, sure, yeah. So, you know, that's not a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, then just before the police arrive, Tove Marshall gets in his car and does actually finish the race, which I was happy about, because when... Little Pete died at the start. I was like, well, okay, you're, you're fair shot there, but you are literally metres away from finishing the race and you just pulled an emergency stop. You could have at least stopped slower, finished the race and just at least had that argument point. Just like, I'll take that quarter of your car because, you know what, half a million or whatever it is, that's probably going to help you when you get out of prison. This so, film you, is... so, you, so you can buy a fancy car and beat him or something. This film is revealing layers to your personality that I am not finding palatable at all. Essentially, if we were in a car race together... Yeah. You Never going to happen, just putting that out there. Okay. <laughs> Your car spins out and you're probably dead. Yeah. I'm not going to pull an emergency stop when I'm just, like, so close to winning. It's a okay. lot of money. Right, okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad we uh, know, understand But I mean, if you're, if you're already dead, what's the point in stopping? Maybe, well, maybe I'm not. You're still... You're, just, just, you're in a ball of flames that's flying off a bridge. Yeah. Nothing I can do about it now. Wow, okay. Well, mm. how comforting. Um, so yeah, he finishes the Daily Own in the first and only place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I was, th- I was thinking as well. Okay, so he's, he gets his attack of conscience and stops and saves Dominic Cooper. He's like, mm. well, I'm not going to leave him behind like he left Little Pete behind. Yeah. But I kind of thought like, what about everyone else who's been like in horribly injured in this race? <laughs> the other yeah. drivers, the police officers? Did yeah. you not think to stop and help them? All these people who didn't kill your brother and <laughs> rip you off and do all these other horrible things and try to kill mm-hmm. you. They, they, they can just die, but this guy, no, you need to prove a moral point to this guy. Uh, yeah, because he's actually got a name that's more than just the Gooch. Sure, yeah, okay. 
Uh, the police catch him. Obviously, he doesn't put up a fight or anything. He just gets out of his car, lies down on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police get him, and he maybe goes to jail. But Mark Keaton does say like he's already done time, and like he's he does he goes to jail for like three months. Oh yeah, because Michael months, Keaton it? says first of all, Michael Keaton, considering he's like the judge of this race, yeah, seems incredibly biased. Yeah, <laughs> he is like rooting hard for Aaron Paul. Yeah, he has no time for Dino. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, he, he just says very dismissively, oh, well, he'll have to do a few months prison now for illegal racing. But when he gets out, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a few months for illegal racing? He should be going to jail for more manslaughter. Again, again, not his manslaughter. Anyone who died as a result of his reckless driving. Reckless driving in itself. Well, reckless driving, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Grand no. Theft Auto. Uh, he's driving a stolen car. You know, d- despite the fact that cars are legal. Yeah, yeah. you're right on that. Criminal damage. He should be in jail for years. He should also be banned from driving oh, banned for from driving. life. Oh, banned from driving That should have happened yeah. the first time. <laughs> yes, that should have happened after Little Pete. Well, like, I mean, maybe it did. Yeah, well, true, th- There's yeah. no point where he gets his license back or something. That, that is a fair To be point. fair, banning him from driving isn't going to do anything. Not that it shouldn't happen, but it's not going to do anything. That's true. He clearly does not respect the law. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, I don't think he's guilty of manslaughter in this in this case. I, I strongly disagree. I think anyone he ran off the road, and he did run several people off the road, not as maliciously as Dino, no, no, but he, he was just by not stopping and being involved in this race, he, he definitely is culpable. There's definitely a case to be made against him. Well... I'm going to say that the police tactics were complete bullshit in this because most of it was just like, let's put us in our cars in the way of the races. Oh, yeah, sure. Which there's a reason that the police don't do that in real life. It's because police officers die that way. And that's what happens in this film. Sure, yeah. If the police had just used spikes, yes, as police officers do, then the cars would have just slowly come to a stop. Sure. But the point is, the police were clearly indicating that they wanted them to stop and he did not stop. Well, that's resisting arrest. Sure. Well, there's another one. There you go. Yeah. Just keep adding to his list. Yeah. There's an interesting choice made in this film to have... The Aaron Paul character doing all of this criminal stuff, you know, winning his race, then getting arrested, and then being like, oh, we'll be out in three months, it's fine. Mm-hmm. All of which is being watched by a black guy in prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's already gone to prison. Yep. And I felt like if these roles were reversed, he'd be in prison for a lot longer than three months. <laughs> yeah. If, in fact, he made it to prison at all. <laughs> yes, yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. But, okay, so th- th- this this scene at the end, so when he gets arrested, so he finishes the race, mm-hmm. he spins out, and he, like, falls on the floor, the police, like, pin him down on the floor. And... The end point of the race is a lighthouse, right? It's yeah. a big white lighthouse. Yeah. And there's a... I don't know, maybe this is just me, but there's the scene when he's lying on the ground and he, Aaron Paul, again, he's doing his best Aaron Paul acting. He looks up at the lighthouse and he like a tear runs down his face. Mm. And the, the angle of the lighthouse is such on the screen that it really looks like an erect penis. <laughs> like, even more than a lighthouse normally does. <laughs> like, they, they position it so it looks like it's at the angle that an erect penis would be at. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I thought to myself... Is this what this film's trying to say? Is, is that why Aaron Paul's crying? Is it like all of this just masculine bullshit? And what was it all for? But no. It was just a lighthouse that looked a bit like a dick. Uh, yeah. I thought like the film was actually trying to say something and then clearly it was not. But yeah. No, I don't think that the film was trying to give some kind of subtle message by showing a phallic lighthouse. It was very phallic. Yeah, sure. It, it really was. Like, the angle was weird. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I did just a thing that I noticed. But yeah, okay. I'm giving this film entirely too much credit. Would it have been better if there were more penises in this film? I would have liked a scene in this film where Aaron Paul is like, you know what, maybe I just want to be dead too. Maybe that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, It seemed like he had a deep-seated death wish himself, and that was why he was putting himself at constant risk. And I would have liked that scene where someone's like, why are you doing all this? And he's like, because I feel such guilt about little Pete that I deserve to die too, and it's all just macho nonsense. And I don't know. I would have liked this film to have had some psycho- some some kind of you know, emotional layers to it of, like, mm-hmm. why, what drives these men. But it never did. Well, I mean, Aaron Paul was out for revenge. 
Yeah. That's it. It's quite simple. It's just yeah. revenge. Yeah, exactly. He he had no layers. Yeah. yeah. Don't know what Dino was doing. No, D- Dino was just rich villain. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so then the film ends on a kind of a baby driver-ish note. Almost ex- shot. I mean, this came first, but the actual last scene is pretty much shot for shot. Baby driver's last scene. Yeah. That's what struck me. Like the girl comes and picks him up at the jail and it's like, oh, let's go drive some more because mm-hmm. they need to break Benny out of Utah. Why is it Benny in Utah? I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, military prison in Utah? Whatever. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Were they going to go and break out or was he also being released in three months? I don't know how long do you go away for for a Grand Theft Auto of a military helicopter. Well, this is the thing. I think if you're white, which this guy was not, so yeah. Quite our questions, many questions. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and that was the end of Baby Driver. Of um, Need for Speed. <laughs> right. They're the same damn film. Let's be honest, they are the same film. Baby Driver is somewhat more stylish, but they're essentially the same film. Okay, yeah, yeah. You've, you've pointed out a decent similarity there. Mm-hmm. I maintain this is a good film. Okay. I, 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 as much as I've complained, I, I understand that if you are a fan of the video game, sure, it, it, it probably replicates it in quite an entertaining way. Mm-hmm. I just struggled with the real world setting. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I couldn't ever not think about the consequences of what everyone was doing and the fact that all the characters were completely amoral. Yeah. In the most literal sense of having no, not being like necessarily evil, but just having no sense of consequence and not caring about anyone they hurt in the process of attempting to achieve their own ends. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't like anyone about it. I'll tell you what, you would hate the Fast and Furious movies. Are they much the same, yeah? Well, because it's like this, but with, I would say, worse plots. Okay. I've not seen all of them. I've only I've only seen a few. Um, but like I saw Fate of the Furious mm-hmm. and that's the eighth one. Yeah. It's, Unfortunately, not spelled F8 of the Furious. Oh, I thought it was. I thought that. I was, oh, no, it wasn't, and you got annoyed about it. Mm, I'm yeah. like, okay. I've heard this rant before. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a few bits of illegal street racing in that. Unfortunately, the main character is Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. and he is just not pleasant to look at. No. They seem to be, the Fast and Furious films, street racing, but then the whole gang gets sent on a mission or something. Okay. And the plot, well, the plot was just very convoluted, and like, now we've got to race a submarine and it's taken half an hour for us to explain why mm-hmm. and oh I saw that poster happening. well see yeah. I feel like if this film had been more ridiculous I would have had less of a problem with it if that makes sense yeah maybe um, it was too much in the real world it wasn't in the real world but it was too much just in the real world that I couldn't accept it as just camp silly fun mm-hmm. whereas if it had just been absolute nonsense I wouldn't have really thought about it as much but mm-hmm. I just I think because it did have to have a thing where a kid dies really early on and that just put was just a bummer mm-hmm. and it, it just cast a shadow over the whole rest of the film for me yeah I suppose that the Forest Furious movies are way more nonsense yeah like there is a bit where um, Jason Statham has to save a baby while in a gunfight on a plane yes or something and the baby's just in like a car carrier thing mm-hmm. and it's 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 a really good fun scene it's yeah. just stupid fun yeah yeah, and that's what this film didn't really have because it was taking itself a bit too not a bit too seriously because I quite enjoyed how seriously it took itself a bit more seriously. Yeah, I think conversely, Aaron Paul is the best thing about this film. Also, maybe the reason this film doesn't work for me. I think he's too mm. good. Okay. I think Aaron Paul acted like he was in a real movie mm-hmm. and grounded this character so in the scene when his friend dies, etc. You know, really created like a, a oh shit, this is real kind of mm-hmm. moment. And I think this film. T- wasn't necessarily served by that because it made it just it made it more tonally awkward it couldn't just pass as stupid fun mm-hmm. because Aaron Paul was playing 
in some, on some level a real human being. So it was just a bit... Yeah, if, if it was just some, like, campy Vin Diesel kind of, you know, Jason Statham. Yeah. Maybe more so Jason Statham because he's actually fun to watch. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. Then I probably wouldn't have had these thoughts, particularly. Mm-hmm. Like, Jason... Even if they, had, they still had little Pete dying... Because you know Jason Statham would have run out and just gone like, no! He would just laugh because it would be silly and stupid. Yeah, yeah. Because rather than that, Aaron Paul literally acted like he just watched his best friend burst into flames and it was actually horrible and hard mm-hmm. to watch. It was just, oh, this one's making me feel uncomfortable. Like, so what would have fixed this film for you then? Just like I say, well, A, not centering it around people actually dying and you know, mm-hmm. not putting actual pedestrians and regular people in the line of fire all the time and they're not questioning it. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, just making it sillier and just making it more... Yeah, just taking it up an extra notch of silliness and down an extra notch of seriousness. Just I, I think that's the main thing I needed from it, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was my issue. And I, I know I've, like, maybe taken this film a touch too seriously. But you think? <laughs> I have to. I can only be me. They, they, they were the thoughts that went through my head watching this mm. film. I, I don't find reckless driving particularly funny <laughs> or entertaining, so... <laughs> Mm, sure. I'm yeah. not saying this one should be banned or anything. I'm just like, for me, it just wasn't very entertaining. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever works for you or doesn't work for you. Well, kiddos, it looks like Toby himself is going to enjoy three hots on a cot in the pokey for illegal street racing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Toby. A few months in jail to prove your innocence. Was it worth it, kid? Okay, so my first drinking game sure. is drink for Rami Malek is short jokes. Yeah, well, my similar, my first one is actually drink when Rami Malek is distracting. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we didn't talk a lot about that scene where well, we talked about it a bit when Aaron Paul goes to jail. Rami Malek presumably leaves the gang and gets a regular job mm-hmm. in an office. Mm-hmm. So he's wearing like a suit and stuff, and he's typing nonsense into a computer. And then they all turn up and just decide to start obnoxiously like revving the car. To get his attention. Yeah. To the point where police come and are like, you're making a scene. Yeah. And I'm like, why not just go up and talk to him? Like, was there any need? And it's like, go to the window. Bo- boys. They're boys, they're boys. Yeah. They're being boys, being boys. Boys will be boys, yeah. But they set up a whole police chase just so they can demonstrate to Ari Malik that they need his expertise. Something, like, yeah. Yeah. And then, so he decides to join them and he walks out of the office and in doing so, he takes off all of his clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, fully flashes his cock at everyone in the office. Mm-hmm. And sexually assaults some poor woman mm-hmm. who then shouts, call me! Mm-hmm. And then gets into a lift with another woman, tells her her life is meaningless, and then walks away. I mean, at least she agrees. Sure, yeah. That, that was played for laughs. I got yeah. it. That classic, you know, meek old lady. Like, you know. Yeah. Fair enough. I would have liked her to like come along for the ride. Like, yeah, me too. I, you. I, she could have been... You know, if, if this was if this was a, a more recent film in mm. maybe a style of like Deadpool or something, yes, there would exactly. absolutely be an old lady sidekick. Yeah, character. she would be like remember in Deadpool when he recruited all the norms and they all yeah. Yeah, she'd be that. Yeah, she'd yeah. be one of those. Yeah, exactly. Maybe mm. maybe she's going along. She's the one who's saying like, oh my god, this is so scary and so dangerous or whatever. I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel so alive. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, that would yeah. be fun. Anyway. Yes, Rami Malek. Maybe she, instead of Rami Malek refueling the car on the motorway, it's that old lady. Yeah, that would be. She's uh, yeah. doing it. She's she's doing all the crazy stuff. She's I living life have loved to the that. full. That would and have been exactly this kind of campy, silly nonsense that I would have lived for. Yeah. Would it have gone too far if she dies at the end, but like with a bigger smirk on her face because she is just doing something crazy? Oh, I mean, that would have brought it right back down again. But maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know, if, she, if she dies in like a um, oh my god, what's that film? I've forgotten the film. Ah, oh, some tip of my tongue. The one where they drive off the cliff at the end. Oh, Fairman Louise. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, if, it, if, if it's in a moment like that, where it's in a positive way. If her and Rami Malek go together. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 
I'm on board for that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. But I just found Rami Malek to be yeah distracting and weird in this film, and mm. I, I don't think it was a good fit for him particularly. Mm-hmm. My friends running the fastest Mustang in the world at De Leon on Sunday and the setup's all wrong. I'm in accounting. Oh. Do you feel like you're dying inside? Yes. It's cold in here. Okay, my next one is drink when the police don't do their job properly. Either when they're not there or when they're there, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Or they're just being massively incompetent. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, similarly, my next one is drink whenever somebody commits a federal crime. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, obviously reckless driving constantly, destruction of property, grand theft auto, mm-hmm. sexual harassment, indecent exposure. Yeah. Speeding, obviously. I mean, the list just goes <laughs> Speeding. on. Speeding. The list just goes on, yeah. Okay, I've got drink whenever cars make contact with each other. Sure, okay, yeah. Which, like, it's not a lot. You're not going to die on that drinking game. But no, it's, but yeah, there's... It's, it's throughout the film. Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's lots of, like, bumper ramming and stuff, yeah. Well, it's not lots. Like, oh. when it, whenever it happens in a film it, it of, of, like, of, of, like, two yeah. racing cars, they're always... It, it, it's a thing that no one's trying to do, and there are always consequences to it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't really make light of it that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink when innocent people almost certainly die. Yep. I mean, there's a theme here. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, my final one is drink for cuts to Michael Keaton. Cuts to Michael Keaton, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he really is just in his own little micro-movie in this film. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sort of enjoyed him. Yeah, I mean, I think it works. Like, he he, he, he does bring the film together in some weird yeah. way. So, yeah, I mean, he has a part. He plays it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right with it. Cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it was such a paycheck role for him, but mm. it's fine. He did his job. Uh, drink every time the film introduces a new level. Oh, what do you mean? Well, a new level, like, what I assume oh, to be a new level in the game. A level from the game. Yes. Because I could, de- all the different terrains, I was like, okay, these are clearly all levels in the game. So you've got the city race, you've got the desert race, mm-hmm. you've got the forest race, you've mm-hmm. got all the different terrains are, are covered. You've mm-hmm. got the, so, again, I'm sure if you were a big fan of the game, you'd be like, oh, I remember this level. So, mm. yeah, I could kind of appreciate that. The cliffside level, when they're all speeded along the cliffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, great, okay, this clearly is something from... Husband. All little side missions where you've got to get the fuel nozzle into the fuel cap just right and stuff. Yeah. While driving at high speed. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Um, yeah, there's all that crap, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Yeah, and just finally drink for failed comic relief, because, God, I needed to. <laughs> sure, fair. Yeah. All um, of which is centred around the character. Remember the bit when he just he's on the in the helicopter and he just randomly starts, like, perving on these poor, innocent joggers? Yes. It's unpleasant. Yes. Very unpleasant. Yeah. Anyway, okay. But it was funny at the end he nearly crashed into a bridge. He did, yes. True. So he almost learned his lesson, but mm-hmm. probably not. Mm-hmm. There was no learning in this film. A reminder, the Motown Marathon races through town this weekend, which will make the metro area Standing by. But for today's traffic, we go live to Romeo in the Channel 10 traffic helicopter. How are we looking, Romeo? Okay, cut to two. Bum. Bum, 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 bum. Is um, Romeo in the helicopter? Bum, bum, looking good, Beth. Real good. Commercial. Hey, got the commercial. Right. So before we do some sequels, um, just like to mention that we are on Patreon. So if you go to Patreon.com/slash/BeyondTheBoxSet, you can support us for as much or as little as you like. If you've enjoyed listening to us, if you do so, then we have a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review films that are in cinema right now. It's a bit of fun for us. Mm-hmm. It's fun to listen to as well. I've, I'm told. Yeah. Also, if you become a Patreon supporter, then you can have an advert on the show once a month. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Don't don't backslide on me, Harry. You've nailed this. You've had this nailed for a while now. Don't go back on me, please. Um, yeah, so once a month, every patron gets a 30-second advert slot on the main show. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, finally, for, for becoming a patron supporter, you get to choose an episode for us to do for the main show. Once a month, we'll pick a patron who gets to choose the episode. And if you do really want us to do your favourite film, which happens to be a film with a sequel, like Toy Story 2 or something like that, mm-hmm. then we'll do that on a bonus show for you. Sure. So all that's available at patreon.com slash set. Subscribe for as much or as little as you like, and you get everything. Yes, thank you very much. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Okay, so sequels, I believe you're first. Great, cool. So, I've done two sequels this week, Mm -hmm. kind of mid-length ones. So, my first idea... Is a movie, obviously. Ooh. Yeah, bold choice, original, I know. Original. Yeah. Uh, this movie stars Academy Award winner Julianne Moore. Oh, God. This is going to be good. She is a hard-working criminal lawyer working in California. Mm-hmm. She has been trapped by the system for many years. She works long hours. She's underpaid, and her personal life is a mess. Mm-hmm. Her husband's divorcing her. Her only son never calls. She's starting to wonder if there's really any point to this anymore. Mm-hmm. One day... Wait, you- so that's her character, that's not the actor? That's her character, yes. yes. <laughs> Julianne Moore is very fulfilled. She won an Oscar. <laughs> One day, a young woman comes into her office, and she's going to be played by someone serious but affordable. Mm-hmm. Let's say, uh, like, someone like Lauren Cohen, who plays Maggie in Walking Dead. Just, you know. Okay. Someone vaguely recognisable. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So she walks in, and she asks Julianne if she will represent her father, a police officer who was seriously injured in a road traffic accident mm-hmm. just days away from retirement. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> He's now living with constant pain and medical bills are putting him in danger of losing his house. Mm-hmm. The daughter's going to put down $1,500 in cash and say something like, this is all the money I have in the world. I know it's not enough, but my father deserves justice. Mm-hmm. Julianne is so moved that she agrees to look into the case pro bono, i.e. working without charge. Yeah. One of the first things she has to do is convince the old man to testify because he's totally lost faith in the system after his accident. Mm-hmm. While she's researching the case, she discovers an entire subculture of illegal street racing and hundreds, if not thousands, of lives that is destroyed. Mm-hmm. This motivates her to seek out other victims, innocent drivers horribly injured or killed in high-speed collisions, homeowners whose property was destroyed, widows who've lost their husbands, parents who've lost their children, even some homeless people who literally lost their few mega possessions in this world to these callous boy racers. Mm-hmm. She visits all of these people, door-to-door, Erin Brockovich-style. Mm-hmm. And she convinces them to file a class action lawsuit. You're way more sold on this than I am. <laughs> You're just looking at me like, <laughs> when is this over? <laughs> I was excited by Julianne Moore, but then, oh dear, he's just gone with this. It's a classic legal drama. Is it? It's Oscar. This is such Oscar bait. Is it? Yeah. Mm. She convinces them to file a class action lawsuit. I'm not sure if you know what Oscar bait is. It's high quality filmmaking. Okay, this 
Okay, sure. Erin Brockovich won Oscars. This is basically ripped off Erin Brockovich and that won Oscars, so... Okay. Anyway, the defendants are Toby Marshall, mm-hmm. an ex-con mechanic turned wealthy car dealer. Mm-hmm. His partners in crime, Julia Madden, a con artist with what turns out to be a fake British accent. Mm-hmm. Benny Maverick Jackson, a notorious helicopter thief. And Finn, last name never established, against whom she also agrees to represent a number of women filing sexual assault and harassment claims. Mm-hmm. The movie plays out in classic courtroom drama style. The men have money and white male privilege on their side, but Julianne has justice, tenacity, and the ability to cry on command on hers. She manages to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just imagining... She manages she's to... in the middle of an argument, and then the person she's arguing with just goes, Cry! It's like, No! <laughs> Uh, she manages to recruit Dakota Johnson to testify against her own ex-boyfriend, mm. who she finally realises is one of the true culprits behind her brother's death. And they manage to track down the mysterious monarch, the reclusive billionaire who orchestrated many of the deadly races in the first place. Mm-hmm. The men all try to settle for several million dollars, but the clients are united in refusing the offer, seeking justice for their loved ones over a quick financial settlement. Mm-hmm. The stakes are high, but with a powerful closing argument, Julianne wins the case and the men are all given significant jail time and lifetime driving bans. Mm-hmm. The credits roll over the tearfully relieved faces of the victims, while Tracy Chapman's fast car plays mournfully. <laughs> Months later, Julianne collects her second Oscar for the role. <laughs> <laughs> that is ambitious. Yeah. <sighs> all right, okay. So that was Need for Speed 2, Need for Justice. Yeah, sure. Okay. So my second idea is something we haven't done in a while, actually. Which is, take this film, make it a musical! Oh, <laughs> or more realistically, I've said that, I've not really been any song titles. It's more like, make it like a high school... I was thinking of... You Production? Know, I was thinking of, have you seen Bugsy Malone? No. Do you know what it is? Yes. It's that film, it's like a gangster film, mm-hmm. but it's all children. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, how can I like take the basic premise of this film and take away all the things I don't like about it, which is that the stakes feel a bit too real in mm-hmm. the sense that like real people are going to get hurt, which is what I couldn't like, get away from. So I needed to think, how do you do that? How do you take that element out while keeping the main basic of the plot? And so I thought, well, you could have it where it's the cast of Always Sully in Philadelphia. Because mm-hmm. it felt like that level of just stupid, petty point scoring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it could have just been them, you know, versus the McPoyles or something. Mm-hmm. I thought you could also remake it as Mario Kart so rather than Need for Speed. Absolutely, yeah. That could work, you know, so, you know, maybe Toad got thrown off the Rainbow Road and then, you know. Mm-hmm. But I thought another idea would be to Bugsy Malone in it. Same plot, but it's just kids. So nobody's actually really dying. Mm-hmm. So in this version, it's the same film, but remade as a Bugsy Malone style musical featuring an all-child cast. I'm not going to cast them because it's all children, obviously. Yeah. But they're all like, you know, 11 to 13 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, Stranger Things age, basic. Could be them, but we use them all the time, so I'm not going to, like, lean into that. Basically... Instead of riding, like, high-speed cars on actual motorways, mm. these characters all ride in soapbox derbies. Mm-hmm. You know what a soapbox derby is? When they, like, build, you build a car yourself and you ride it downhill. Uh, yeah. It's big in America. Yeah. This film centres on a character still named Toby, mm-hmm. in the name of the Aaron Paul character, who's a nerdy kind of middle schooler, so he's probably, like, 12, 13 years old, mm. with a passion for fixing up soapbox cars with his misfit friends. Mm-hmm. They're all away at summer camp in this film, uh, where they're prepping for the big soapbox derby at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. This race has been running for as long as the camp has been open. One of the camp counsellors is going to tell the kids the tale of a legendary team of kids known as the Deloyan Destroyers. We'll workshop that name. It's not a final choice. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Who set the all-time camp record for the fastest time to the finish line back in the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. So the boys are very impressed and they vow to beat that record. Mm. So it's a classic, like, kids movie, you know, 
stakes but no stakes you mm-hmm. know? it's like yeah, we're going to beat this record that was set in the 80s at this summer camp yeah so their main rivals are a gang of rich private school kids who are also at the camp headed by a stylish bully named Dino mm-hmm. Dino is also going to start dating Toby's like crush who happens to also happens to be Pete's sister so you've got this, the same basic character you've got Pete, Finn Toby Toby and Benny mm-hmm. so you, it's the same cast but they're all kids basically we've all got kids names so it works yeah it all works perfectly well mm-hmm. and Dino sounds like a kid's name too yeah. so yeah so he's dating Pete's sister and uh, who Toby has a crush on this rich snobbish bully kid uh, and Dino challenges Toby and Pete little Pete to a practice race you know, much like in the first film against the race obviously mm-hmm. so they're having this practice soapbox derby race down a hill just at the final stretch Dino's losing much like in the original film he rams Pete off the track Pete goes spinning down the hill mm-hmm. lands hard ends up with a very serious sprained wrist mm-hmm. which forces him to be sent home from camp to recover Okay. So he's essentially out of the narrative, but he's not died a horrible, tragic, senseless death. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> God, you give me such looks this week. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't like this horrible, irresponsible film. <laughs> this film's great. Anyway, this sets off the revenge narrative as mm-hmm. the rest of the gang vow to take Dino down in the big soapbox derby and, you know, avenge Pete's, not death, but, you know, minor injury. Mm-hmm. Along the way, so, you know, they start souping up this car for them to race that they're going to race in the big derby at the end of this summer yeah along the way Toby's going to befriend a tomboyish British exchange student who wants to be part of the team as well mm-hmm. and of course the reaction's going to be eh, girls can't race mm-hmm. but you know she's going to prove them wrong and win their respect as the big race approaches Dino and his goons are going to sabotage their car maybe they'll run off the road or they'll set fire to it or something you know mm-hmm. something will happen you know. yeah and just as all hope seems to be lost, the friendly counsellor who told them about the legendary De Leon destroyers of the 80s mm-hmm. gives them a map to a hidden den in the woods where they find <laughs> the same soapbox that won that first race back in the 80s. Okay. So obviously it's in need of a lot of repair, but they get the job done, enter the race, and defeat Dina. Pete's sister is very impressed, mm-hmm. and he asks Toby if he wants to go to the end of summer dance with her. Mm-hmm. But then the tomboyish British exchange student turns up at the dance in a dress. She's a tomboy. She's never worn a dress before. Sure. It's a classic high school cliche here. Is it? Yeah. It's the tomboy. It's like, you know, it's the tomboys. You've all, you must have seen a movie where the tomboy, you know, the, the main character's got a crush on the sexy high school cheerleader and then the, the nerdy tomboyish girl is the one he's oh. really supposed to be with. Uh, oh, that, that point where she takes her glasses off and she's not ugly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so you know, she's been this whole tomboy character. Maybe she does have glasses. Yeah. She turns up at the high school dance in a proper dress and oh my God, she's pretty. Mm-hmm. And he realises that she's been the one for him all along. Cue final musical montage, first kiss, credits, post-credit. We see the counsellor who gave them the map looking at a photograph of the original 80s crew, and you realise he was, in fact, the ringleader the whole time. Yeah. He's the thing that ties it all together. Okay. Well, I might prefer your second idea. I thought you might, yeah. <laughs> second idea was generally fun. The first one was just like... Well, my idea was just no. to turn it into an Oscar-bait drama. It wasn't supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Anyway. The courtroom dramas generally do that well in the Oscars? I feel like I've not seen one for a long time. They've, no, they've kind of fallen out of fashion now, but they used to be, like, Oscar gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like Philadelphia or um, mm. a few good men. Yeah, suspect. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Oscar. There's a lot of them. Anyway, so they're my ideas. Cool. Okay. Well done. Thank you. Hey, right. Well, we'll get to mine then. Cool. Okay, I'm excited. 
I'm nervous. Well, I had a, a serious case of writer's block, so naturally I've written loads. Mm. Seems to be the way with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know how it happens, so I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll rush through this. I won't rush too much. I won't rush. I'll, no, take your time. We'll get through this. Yeah. So I don't really have the best title here. I've got Need for Speed. Ready, set, go! Okay, sure. Which is just something. It's it's a prequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, um, it's a prequel. Yeah. Okay, right. So one thing that we talked about a little bit is that the sound of this film is... A lot of backstory just there coming is, up. Yes. And this is that backstory. Oh, okay. Essentially, cool. I thought I'd just fill out a little bit. Um, so set only... Well, set a few years beforehand. Tobin Marshall is now 16. Or he's just turning 16. He's still played by Aaron Paul? I don't know. This is why I was looking up his age earlier. I don't know. I don't Aaron, think he can pass for 16. Aaron Paul looks a lot, a lot younger than 39. He does not look 16. No. But uh, I reckon it with uh, clever camera angles, some weight loss, maybe a wig. <laughs> um, <laughs> Aaron Paul's going to reprise his role. Um, the film does take place over many, many years. Okay. So fine. it's either that or we have some change in actor midway through, I mean, which will be a bit Yeah, bit of a you could do. Joke. I mean, if. What's his face from Better Call Saul? <laughs> oh dear! If that he is... can, I mean, I say if he can pull it off, he can't. <laughs> but like, you could just if do it... an homage to that. Sure. Something, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think he's sixteen for long. Okay, um, fine, good. But uh, you know, he, he, so we see him growing essentially. So it starts off. He's in high school. He's not the most popular kid, but he's best friends with another unpopular kid who's a few years younger than him, called Pete. Little Pete. Sure, um, yeah. Pete's quite small, so he gets nicknamed Little Pete. Sure. Yeah. Um, now, Little Pete's. If he's a few years younger, he's like 13, 14, right? Yeah, sure. He can't play by the same actor, right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. So is it going to be a 13, 14-year-old who's like best friends with Aaron Paul, who's 14? Like... Yeah, okay, sure. sure. The optics are going to be weird, but sure, let's go with it. I mean, who was Little Pete actually played by? Oh, some Australian actor I've never heard of. I did look it up. Okay. Oh, there he is. Harrison Gilbertson. Oh, that famous actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so when Toby finishes school that day, like a bit of a down birthday or whatever, mm-hmm. um, he's met outside school by his dad, who picks him up as always. Oh, yeah, his dad was still alive. Yeah. Okay. So his dad, um, I've already called Jack Marshall. Um, now, for some reason in my head, playing Jack Marshall, all I've got is just the guy from uh, Jack Frost, so essentially Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. But that's not going to work. No. So instead, I'm casting Brian Cranston. I knew you were going to go with Brian Cranston. Yeah. I mean, it had to. I mean, it, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it writes itself. Sure, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, Jack, who is uh, Toby's dad, drives up in an old-looking Mustang. Okay. And uh, Toby says, oh, what are you driving there, Dad? I've not seen this before. And Jack's like, I've been fixing this up for you in the shop for a few months. Happy birthday. And he throws Toby the keys for his 16th birthday. Oh, he gets his very first set of wheels. Okay. Yeah. Or whatever age you need to be in America to drive. I believe it's 15. <laughs> Is it 15? Yeah. Okay, well, Aaron Paul's playing a 15-year-old. Then. Oh, God, it just gets worse. Great, <laughs> right, okay. Now, we then get the first of many montages. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be Jack teaching Toby to drive. Okay. So the montage continues over the course of a fair few seasons. Mm-hmm. Through the passing of the year, we see Toby getting better at driving, eventually doing a few stunts, you know, like a few handbrake turns. And Is his dad encouraging this kind of reckless behaviour? Oh, absolutely, Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, and we get a few father-son scenes that go to the workshop as well, and uh, we see Toby's car getting upgrades, and... It's the same car, but it's just getting better in every way. So this is now like, years are passing, so he's no yeah, longer 16. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, which carries on until Toby's 18th, pretty okay. much. On Toby's 18th, his dad takes him and little Pete, um, just because little Pete's Toby's best friend. He's always hanging about him. 
Little Peter just wants to be Toby, essentially. Sure, yeah. Okay. I, I got that sense in the yeah. film. That's why I felt it was such a tragic waste. This poor yeah. kid. This yeah, poor he's, just, he's, just, kid, he's yeah. just looking up to Aaron Paul. Yeah. Never a good idea. Yeah. Never yeah. look up to Aaron no, Paul. No, that's a good point. That's a good rule of thumb. In any yeah. situation, never try and emulate Aaron Paul's lifestyle choices <laughs> in any film or TV show he's been part of. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? In Bojack Horseman, he's all right. He's okay. I mean, he's not, yeah. He's not, he's not like, actively in danger of dying. He's, no. Yeah. <laughs> um... It's weird that there's a TV show where Aaron Paul is probably the most well-put-together person. That's true, yeah. He is. Yeah, he's probably one of the most, yeah, grounded characters in that film, yeah. Mm. He's probably the most confident with himself in yeah, that show. Yeah, I really like him in Bojack Horseman. He's great, yeah. Mm. What a great show. It is. I, well, I, I recommended it to you, so you're welcome. Yeah. I mean, it's made me very depressed, but thank well, you. Well, it, it is a very depressing <laughs> show, but it's also a very well-done show. Um... At any point in the sequel, is he going to be a talking horse? No. Okay. So on Toby's 18th, they go to the they go to the racetrack, and uh, Toby and Jack race together for the first time. So Toby and his dad, mm-hmm. uh, they race together for the first time. Toby in his same red Mustang, and uh, his dad Jack in uh, the black Mustang. Okay. Just, yeah. They've got the same car, whatever, different colours though, so we can tell them apart. Okay. Does Toby have a mother in this film? No. No. Unexplained. Okay, fair enough. Again, another montage of them racing on the track. Um, it's essentially going to be one long montage of all the races they do put together mm. and it's going to kind of conclude with many different photo finishes of them crossing the line showing how Toby never quite beats his dad he's always close but he, can, he never quite does uh, okay. he's getting closer each time though but before we do ever see a, a shot of Toby winning he has to go to college Okay, he hits that age whatever, uh, the whatever, college years okay. whatever that age is 18? 17? 18? Mm. probably similar to the UK I think I don't know now, unfortunately, to afford college, he has to sell his car. Oh, no. Bit of a shame. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I think he gets his dad to sell it or something. It's not important. I don't feel like that character had a college education, but okay. <laughs> he didn't seem stupid. No, he wasn't stupid. But people, who, people who don't go to college aren't stupid. Well, he goes to college and studies mechanics. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Does that help? Yeah, okay. Sure. That makes sense. And this is where we're first introduced to the rest of the gang, who are his college roommates at the time. Mm-hmm. So we've got Benny, uh-huh. who's doing a short course in engineering before he plans on going on to uh, pilot school or whatever. Okay, yeah. We've got Joe, who was always seen chewing a cocktail stick. Uh, nobody knows what he actually does, though. <laughs> yes, sure. Makes sense. And we've also got Finn, who is also studying mechanics, and uh, likes to take his clothes off at random parties while listening to Queen music. Yeah, fair. Absolutely, yeah. And there's also a fourth roommate, a man by the name of Daniel Brady. Um, who's studying paleontology and in his spare time makes his own beer. He's Toby's best friend in college and goes by the nickname of Dino Brewster. Ah, okay. Why paleontology and making his own beer? Is that a reference to something? I think of his name. Dino? Hmm? Is he Dino? Is that a brand of beer? Dino as in Dino. And then Brewster as in like he, he's a brewer. Uh, oh, I see. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. Other people will have got that faster, I hope. Okay. Oh, yeah, I, no, okay. <laughs> now that you spelt it out, I get it. Okay. Cool. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> moving on. Okay. Sorry. It's um, a very Mrs. Doubtfire kind of naming convention. I like fair, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the college years, they're, they're a good bit of fun. Uh, Toby and Dino, they have quite similar interests in women, which doesn't end up with them having the best relationship. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, for one point, they're very strong friends, but then after a while, um, Dakota Johnson comes in mm-hmm. and, uh, well, that kind of splits them up a little bit. Okay. So she initially dates... She initially dates... Aaron Paul, right? Yeah, Aaron Paul, yeah. And then Dino. Yeah. yeah. Now... Also in the college years, that's where they start getting... In the later college years, that's where they start getting to, into some illegal street races. Okay. And they fall into that world a little bit. Mm. So Aaron Paul manages to borrow a car from some peer or something. And, uh, well, Dino's from money anyway. He's, yes. he's rich, so he... Seems to be the case, yeah. Yeah. Obviously got his own fancy car bought by his parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've got a history of racing together. 
Toby beats Dino most times, even though Tony's car is a treat piece of crap. Right, okay. Um, yes. Because he's so, got the natural talent, which Dino money can't buy. Yes. So hence Dino's going to resent him. Yes. Toby can drive at 280, Dino can only drive at 180. Exactly, yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, the years go by, they finish college. Toby goes back to his dad's workshop to, you know, kind of pick up the mantle there. Mm-hmm. Finn and Joe come back with him. Well, Benny goes to the army. Yes, sure. I reckon does some military time. He's got to get that Apache helicopter somewhere. Sure, okay, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Dino opens a shop of his own somewhere else. Okay. Um, so at this point now, Toby's dad, he he gets diagnosed with cancer. Oh, God, how depressing. Unfortunately. I know, Brian Cranston typecast or what? Oh, well, yeah. Oh, is, is he now going to start dealing meth on the side? No, I felt like doing that, but no. <laughs> Okay. He deals speed instead. Oh, okay, that he gets okay. the need for speed. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it. On the nose. Just thought of that on the, on the top of my head there. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so he's given just a few months left to live. Okay. Essentially. Now, he does decide that in this few months, he wants to compete in this really big race that's coming up, and he wants to finally win it. Or he wants to win it this one last time, one or the other. I Is it know. the De Leon? Yeah. No, 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 it's not a De Leon. It's, it, it's, it's a legal race. Oh, okay. It's fine. Okay. But it's a big one. It's one that he's raced in before. Okay, and, uh, sure. He wants to win that before he dies. Okay, cool. So there's a lot of practicing going on, probably some montages. Yeah, sure. You know me. Um, Any songs? I never really think of the songs when I think of montages. Yeah. I mean, they are key can, to the month. This is of a montage. They, they obviously are. Can you think of any good ones? Well, I've already taken racing? Fast Car, obviously. What other good car songs are there? Mm. Cars by Gary Newman. Here in my car, I feel safest of all. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. In yeah, cars. Uh, yeah, baby, you can drive my car. But... That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, Road Rage by Catatonia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, is that it? There's got to be more. There's loads of car songs. Oh, who's gonna drive you home by the cars? <laughs> That's a good sad mourn for one when he dies. That's <laughs> true. <Sure. laughs> yeah, that is. That, that really is. Okay, well, we'll save that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the race is a really big one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of races involved. It's a bit of a hectic race, to be honest. Okay. Um, you know, maybe there's 20 races or something, 20 cars, there's quite quite a few. Wow. Um, Jack and Toby are both racing, mm-hmm. um, and Dino is there as well. Okay. <gasps> so is Toby racing against his father? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Even though this is his father's dying wish to win this race? Well, the plan is, essentially, that Toby can, if it comes to it, sort of protect his father or just like, you know, slow down any any other drivers. Oh, I see, okay. So that his dad can win. But it does also mean that he needs to keep up. Okay, sure. So, yeah, they're kind of racing as a team. Fair enough, okay. So, a big, big, big race scene, I guess, but cut to the final lap where things get interesting. Mm-hmm. The only people that are winning, that are pretty much currently in front, are Dino and Toby, and then neck and neck. So, obviously, Toby wants his dad to win, like I just said, and so he's doing everything he can to make it so. So, to do so, Toby swerves towards Dino, the same as what Dino did to Toby at the oh. end of the first film. He tries to knock him off the off the racetrack. So he goes amoral. He, like, breaks pretty, the rules. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, at the same time, Dino does what Toby did, and he slams on the brakes. Same as the first film. Okay. And so Toby completely misses him. Unfortunately, Toby didn't realise that his dad was on the other side. So he caused his father's death. So Toby crashes out. Okay. And doesn't finish. His dad, on the other hand, doesn't crash out. Okay. But he loses control of his car and doesn't finish the race in first. Okay. Oh, but he doesn't die. He doesn't die. Okay. He's fine. Maybe maybe he's injured or something, but like he I'd say he, he completes the race, but he doesn't complete it in first place. Okay. And Dino, it's Toby's fault. It's it yes, yeah, it's Toby's fault. Dino wins first place, but it's Toby's fault. Sorry. Toby blames Dino for it completely. Mm-hmm. As I guess you would, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end. A few months later, Jack dies of natural 
causes mm-hmm. cancer. Filled with bitterness against his own son, or um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he blames his son. Okay, but uh, yeah, he passes away having never won this race that he really wanted to re- oh, okay. really wanted to win. Oh, how tragic! For which Toby blames Dino entirely, and now hates him even more. Um, Toby takes on his dad's workshop and. Uh, they all live happily ever after, unless they're dead or unhappy. Until the that the film hits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually like that because that gives at least gives the character of Toby some kind of depth. Like it gives him some yeah. kind of reason for caring that much about this stupid fucking race. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. You, you fleshed out the characters quite well. You've given them a good reason for why they might resent each other. And mm-hmm. yeah, that that adds compl- complexity. You know, moral shades of grey. Toby did wrong first before mm-hmm. Dino did. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Toby's not just the perfect character, no. which he in this film he yeah he's just he, he, he's placed as though he doesn't put a foot wrong. Obviously he does, but oh, like well, apart from all the horrible things he does, but the film doesn't think of horrible things. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. The way the film portrays it. Yeah. He's no. perfect. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, I actually really like that. I think not that I wanted this film to be even longer, but if, if it had gone into that a little <laughs> bit more, it might have you know humanized it a bit. So. Well, if we got a prequel one day, then you know maybe it could. Sure. Absolutely. I think that could work. I think they are talking about it, but it's not seriously. No, no, seriously. Yeah. Okay. It, made money, it was one of those films that like made money in China, okay. like Warcraft. You know, it's not happened yet. It's not been confirmed, but they've like, I think EA, EA the gaming company, mm. wants to fund another one. So yeah, sure. Because okay. these are, these films are also just adverts for the games. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, okay. I, know, I can I can see that I can see that working. So what did you say that was? Very steady go. Yeah. Cool. I think we could workshop that. Yeah, it, I, I I thought of loads of different titles, but then I couldn't think of plots for anything for anything that matched the titles. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I was going to do a uh, Need for Speed Second Gear, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I like that. That? Uh, me too. But then I was like, well, Second Gear is actually quite a slow gear. <laughs> okay. <sure. laughs> so what do I do with that? <laughs> and then I was and I was going to build it up. I was going to do a whole series. Going to be like Need for Speed Third Gear, mm-hmm. Need for Speed Fourth Gear, and then okay, well, how many? Is it five gears or is it six gears? Like, some cars vary. So, at what point do I just say top gear? And then do I have cameos from, like, Jeremy Clarkson and people? Please, like, no. And, please, and, no. Yeah. And I just didn't really know where I was going with that. Yeah. I was going to do Need for Speed as a drug story. Yeah. That was going to be it. But I was like, this has nothing to do with cars. No. And the cars are really the selling point. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay, so listen submissions. So I've got one from uh, from Dante Pinot, as always. Sure. Is it, is it lengthy? No, it's not. He says, a sequel where a sloth-based virus is going to be released over the world. A sloth-based virus? Yeah. As in the sin or as in the animal? As in the animal. Okay. So, so it's being carried by... This is a virus that's being carried by sloths. Yes. Go on. So the main characters have to break the sound barrier to get to the facility where it's being released so they can stop the virus. He says... Can you tell I've never, ever seen a trailer for this movie before? Okay. <laughs> okay, interesting, interesting. So it's all speed-based things. Sure, right? sure. Now sloths are slow. Yeah. Sound yeah. barrier's not slow. Feel better. Oh, God, Phil, gone for it. Okay. I'm ready. He okay. says, All right, after he gets out of jail and meeting up with Maverick, Toby decides to head across America in search of the fabled race called The Run. Okay. This race is around the world with a start that is unknown. Julia, who's Julia? Is that Imogen Poots? I'm guessing that's Imogen Poots, yeah. Okay. Julia is worried that Toby will ruin his life by racing this race as cops from around the world are getting ready to stop the illegal race. Mm-hmm. Little does anyone know that the race is being hosted by none other than Royalton Industries. Upon getting to the starting line, which is in Montana, Toby notices some unusual cars. One of them is being driven by young 18-year-olds that goes by the name of Speed Racer. And then there is the mysterious Racer X. During the race, Toby and Speed Racer... Learn that their lives are connected, because Dino used to work for Royalton Industries, 
who also had Speed Racer's brother killed. Is Speed Racer a comic book character? I don't know. So together, they plan on showing how this evil company is ruining the racing world over. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Speed Racer is a film that came out in 2008, apparently. Ah, uh, okay. It had Emile Hirsch and Christina Ricci in it. Lovely. That would have all made a lot more sense if, we, yeah. if we'd have seen Speed Racer, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but that was it, so thank you, Phil Better. Cool. No idea what you just said, but thank you anyway. Thank you. I'm sure all the Speed Racer fans who listen to this podcast are losing their shit right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> Finally! <laughs> um, let me just see what I've got here. Garrett Hunter says, Need for Speed, payback. They return all the money that people spent on watching this film. Very good, very good, yeah. Okay, and I've got uh, two from Ross Burton. Okay. Uh, the I first have a one feeling is... you'd have strong opinions on this one for some reason. The first one's just a title. Um, it's Need for Speed 2 Cruise Control. Very good. It's absolutely solid. Sure, yeah. Um, which I think is a better use of the title than what Speed did with it, but... Yes, because, yeah, it actually makes more sense. Yeah. Well, actually, no, Speed, because that was just... It was on boats. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was, it was a pun. It was Yeah, it, it was a pun, but... It was a disappointing pun because nobody ever wants a film about boats. True. Also, if you're on cruise control, are you you're not speeding, right? Because that's the whole point is that you're going exactly. Exactly, but that's that's oh, for, for, lies for, the... for, for speed that would already work. Because like, oh god, so great. Then you don't need to go below fifty miles an hour because you're on cruise control or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That takes all the stress out. But then, oh no, it's boats. <gasps> oh no. Yeah, yeah, sure. Boats exploding. <laughs> nobody cares about boats. Sure. There's a reason there wasn't a speed three. Absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, um, and his other one is uh, Need for Speed Double Dash. This one is the Mario version with two people in each car. Okay. So I do think this would have worked better as a Mario film. You're probably right. Well, not not necessarily better as a Mario film, because, like, there was always going to be a Need for Speed film made at some point. Sure, sure, sure. It's a very popular game series. Uh Like, there's going to be a Grand Theft Auto film at some point. It's popular. Has that already happened? I don't believe so okay I thought I could have sworn that already happened there was a film called San Andreas oh is that based on it no not at all I thought it was but it's not okay. it is a film starring The Rock and an earthquake great yeah <laughs> that's, that's pretty much all rock films isn't it it's The Rock pretty and much. just like a thing The Rock and a thing yeah The Rock and a big building mm-hmm. The Rock and a giant gorilla yeah The Rock and a board game mm-hmm. uh, is that all your listener submissions mm-hmm. okay so I have some as well uh, Chris Lutman said the need for speed 2 they all race boats, but anyone who slows down below 50 miles per hour explodes. Great. Aaron Paul needs to win to take down the guy above the guy that he took down in movie one. So, sure. Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves try to figure out how to get the race shut down. So they're in it too. So it's a crossover. Okay, yeah. Sure, makes sense. Cool. Joe Herman said, Need for speed, feed and seed. It's about racing tractors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, Brian Everett said, Desire for tyres. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Justin Benson said, The need for speed, and by speed we mean meth, and more specifically, blue meth. Psych, it's a Breaking Bad sequel movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair. Uh, Scott Hillman has done a lengthy plot summary, so let me read this. After going prison for the race last time, Toby comes out and wants to stay clean. He works as a spot mechanic for his girlfriend Julia, who sells exotic cars, but finds out the business is mostly fairly banal, giving really expensive luxury cars to idle rich kids on this on their birthdays. Still, it pays, and he's looking forward to an ordinary life away from all the stress of speed racing. So, you know, mortgages, dentists, kids, etc. However, one of their clients wants help with a giant car race in Africa that he wants to enter, and they agree. However, it turns out to be a front for a scheme to transport weapons. Toby and Julia find themselves trapped by the government of Sudan and the CIA and have to find their way out, as Toby has to find some of the same darkness and willingness to die on the road if he wants to survive. Oh, I guess he needs to rediscover his killer roadie Mm -hmm. instinct to survive. Okay. Okay, I yeah, guess. I like it. Sure, yeah. 
David Jackson Perkins said Bleed for Speed, a vampire movie. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Russ Barron said Need for Speed 2, Desire for Distance. <laughs> Walt Williams said Need for Steed, Horsepower Edition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hilling Azak said Need for Greed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's like a speed-eating contest or something. <laughs> Sean Dungan said, Breaking Bad sequel, Need for Speed. It's about Je- Jesse's meth delivery service. If it takes longer than 30 seconds to deliver, it's free. The meth is free. So. <laughs> that's good. Brian Markowski said, Need for Speed, The Great American Bake Off. Need. <laughs> okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yukushi Okabayashi said, Maybe we didn't need that much speed. So, I agree, I agree, Yukushi. <laughs> You're speaking my language. They did not need that much speed. And finally, Jed Jong said, Rami Malek returns, but his character has bumped his head and thinks he's Freddie Mercury. Kate Winslet also appears as Imogen Poots' evil older sister. So, yeah, that could work. Yeah, sure. Cool. Uh, but yeah, those are our listener submissions for Need for Speed. If you have any... Did you just forget the title again? I keep forgetting the title. It's Me not, too. not a movie that's really stuck in my head. I don't know why, because it's such a good title. I guess. Need I, for Speed. It's a, it's a great name. I guess. But why is it so forgettable? I think it's just... It just is. It just doesn't stick. I don't know. Mm. But anyway, yeah, those were our listeners' submissions for Need for Speed. Mm-hmm. If you have any sequel ideas for Need for Speed or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast. We're also a member of the Pave Media podcasting group. So yes. uh, please go to pavemedia.net to find out all of the exciting things that that group can do to help your podcast to grow and develop. And if you would like to advertise on Pave Media, you can advertise on, on our show or any of the other shows that we've got on the network or all of the shows. It depend, depends where you want. Then please go to pavemedia.net slash advertise with us and uh, yeah, get in touch with us, please. We're also available on patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set where you can access a whole load of fabulous bonus content, including our bonus show Beyond Beyond the Box Set. Mm-hmm. And we have merchandise available on tpublic.com. Again, just search Beyond the Box Set. So, Harry, it's my turn next week. Mm-hmm. So I have two possibilities. Mm. I'm going to ask for a judgment call from you. Okay. So this season is movies based on games. Yes. Do you think it's acceptable to do a movie about a game that's not a real game? Like, so the mm. movie is about video games, but it's not a game that exists in the real world? Or should we stick to movies based on actual games? <clears throat> See, this came in a, in a conversation last night and I, I said, no, what have you got? Oh, what, to what, give you the two options, then you can choose. What What are you proposing for the one that's not a real game? Okay. I, I assume that's your first choice. That's yes. What you're asking. Yeah, basically. So, so I've got a choice that's based on a video game, and mm. my first choice is a sci-fi horror film, a cult sci-fi horror film starring Jude Law called Existence, which is not based on anything real, but it's about a video game, I believe. Mm. Or, it's, it, it's about a made-up video game. Yeah, essentially. Okay. Or I have another option which is based on an actual game. Uh, what, what's the other option? It's called Wing Commander. I assume it's planes. I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've not seen it to be honest. <laughs> We're fishing in a shallow pool this month with this season, so you know, I was just looking for something that was a bit different, right? Because I thought of doing like Assassin's Creed or Warcraft, but I was like, you know what? I kind of after watching Need for Speed and Battleship, <laughs> I just I'm don't kind of getting the sense that all of these <laughs> movies are the same. So Wing Commander is at least like older and shorter, so mm-hmm. that was why I chose it. But Existence is a genuinely interesting movie, mm-hmm. but. If you, we can always do that another time if you, if you want to stick to just purely films based on actual video games. Full disclosure, I've not seen Wing Commander. It could go either way. Yeah, <laughs> I guessed. Yeah. You don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, I, I did think of another alternative for you. It's quite a, a recent film. It's definitely based on off a real game. Um, Truth or Dare. Oh, really? Because it's not got any sequels. It's only had the first film come out within the last 12 months. 
but I don't know if that's too soon for us to. No, I don't think it's too do. soon. I've not seen it. Um, I was because I was trying to think like outside the, like, video, the video game box. We never said video games, so exactly. Oh, well, Battleship wasn't a video game. Yeah. What do you think? Money re- reservation is firstly it's your choice, yeah. and secondly, it's quite a recent film. We don't normally do that recent films. No, I'm on board. I like that because it's not a video game. It's a classic game, mm-hmm. and. It sounds like it could be silly fun, and it's it, it's a horror as well. And it's, it's not like this. It's not going to be the same as the last two movies we've watched. Whereas yeah. I feel like if I pick something like Assassin's Creed or Warcraft, it's just going to be the same well, movie again. Wing, Wing Commander could just be Battleship. Wing Commander could just be Battleship. Battleship with yeah. a smaller budget, with with, small, with worse graphics. Yeah. So I think yeah, we're going to go with, with Truth or Dare. Okay, Truth or Dare. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean I've not seen it. No, never. I've, have I. I've, I've, I've seen the trailers for it. And no, but uh, I, I will give up my turn for this choice because I think it's a good choice and my choices were not choices that I was particularly invested in having not seen them sure we'll do Existence at some point because I do think it's probably an interesting film and, yeah, I like okay. all the Jude Law stuff so, mm. but, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily fit this theme so let's save it lovely alright uh, well thank you everybody join us next week for Truth or Dare yeah and uh, thanks for listening cool thanks for listening guys see you next week bye, bye. I need a core.